welcome to Nonprofit Network, powered by Stokes Auction Group. We are a group of fundraising professionals that specialize in raising funds to improve communities of all sizes. Okay, well, hello, everybody, and welcome. We are super excited to be back. Yes, we are. We are back. It is May something. We 16th. are starting to get good weather, and boy, are we happy about it. Oh, no, it's not. This is Kelly Shenfeld over there. I'm Kelly Shenfeld. My name is Shelby Stokes. Polly Shenfeld here. Good afternoon, fellow fundraiser fanatics. And we're yeah. going loose today, if you haven't noticed. Yeah, we yeah. kind of are liking this format, actually. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. kind of doing a little bit of a question and answer situation, and it's kind of just changing it up. You know, we've been doing this for a year now, and um, we haven't missed much. And so that's <laughs> been kind of cool. You know, we've stuck with it, and we're mm -hmm. going to continue to stick with it. True and, story. And uh, that's kind of exciting. And so lots of things have happened um, in the year. And I'm just really happy that we're all together and still doing this after a year. I think that's a big deal. Oh, my gosh. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's a big deal. Yeah. It is a huge deal. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been fun to kind of hone in on what we're trying to do mm -hmm. and what we're trying to accomplish. And watching the creativity kind of blossom and grow has really yeah. been a fun experience. And now we're yeah. kind of back out doing it again. Right. And we're busy mm -hmm. and we're. Our weekends don't belong to us anymore. They belong to the organization. So, you know, things are rolling. And so I have a few more questions for you. Oh, I brought some questions auctioneers. for you. Yeah. Questions for auctioneers. And we have a question for you when you're done. Oh, okay. Yes, we do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, so far this season, this season, I am curious what has been, because I know something that they're doing a lot more of is uh -huh. themes. Right. So what has been your favorite theme that you saw that the audience really interacted with as well as your chairs got into it and your EDs and the volunteers and everybody? What's your, yeah. been your best and your favorite theme? Hmm. Well, I got, I got two. You got two? Okay, old sandwich. You go first. The 80s theme. That is also just, mine. Was yes. it? Yeah. And it's just like it... I, I don't know. I, it just fits right in. I mean, that's the music that I grow up with. That's the time that I grow up with. And it's and I'm not I'm not above putting a wig on and going out there in a Molly nope. shirt. Yeah. And doing For it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And and it's like it's so varied. Like people are really creative when it comes to eighty thing eighties themes parties yeah. right now. Yeah. Like the last one I was at, we had somebody dress up like Howard Stern for eighties oh, night. Really? Yeah. That's yeah, a it great was idea. Hilarious. It yeah, is hilarious. For sure. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the the music is awesome. The music is awesome. The music's awesome. Do you yeah, find that 80s. the crowd can get into the eighties easier than like you know fifties, sixties, or things like that? Because I love those those two. I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, nostalgia. Excuse me for the eighties right now, yeah. which is why it's like really coming into its own. Like we've seen eighty themed stuff before, but now it feels like people are really, really into it. I'm like they were. That's true. Yeah. Right. People seem to really get into it. Like the. One of them that I went to what, what was an 80s theme, and it, it wasn't really uh, accurate to the decade, but I thought it was really cool. They came as Kiss. Oh, nice. Yeah, Kiss is, Kiss kind is of, the 70s. It is the late 70s. It but is. Kiss yeah. in, was in the 80s, but they'd taken the makeup off. Kiss still believes they're. <laughs> yeah. They still think they're rock and roll. Oh, yeah. Have you seen them perform recently? I have not seen them perform recently. <laughs> However, have I seen them perform recently? Anyway, maybe. It was a crazy night. It's folks. a crazy don't night. Ask. Obviously, I don't remember. It had to be. It had to be. So, so you say '80s theme. So your, you know, your volunteers got into it. Your, 
your uh, auction chairs and everybody got into it. So in your pre-event meeting that you have, because that's one thing that we do at Stokes Auction Group is we have a pre-event meeting with our, our you know, chairs, people that are running it or EDs and stuff like that. What are some suggestions you would give them if they were doing an 80s theme auction that you see work for revenue building? Not just getting dressed up, but like, so you had to have seen some revenue builders within that 80s theme, right? Did they use the CBC? These, they do not know the questions I'm asking them. This is what the beauty of this is. <laughs> this is so very fun for me. <laughs> we'll readjust. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. So beautiful. So 80s themed fundraising. Revenue generators. Costume contest. Yes. Costume contest. And what would you tell them on your pre-event call to do with that? How far in advance are we talking? Well, your pre-event call. I mean, yeah. what are they, you know, I'm there. I mean, I would say advertise to the school that you're going to give a, that you're going to give away a prize for the 80s theme night. That's perfect. Yeah. And like try to get them engaged. And what will happen is like people will really kind of come up and, and celebrate others for dressing up. And it's really a, a cool aspect that you can play with. What if you were to say you have, it's $10 to enter the costume contest? Sure. Because that's a revenue generator, right? Ten dollars to enter the mm -hmm. costume contest, and only those that paid their ten bucks are in. That's a pretty good idea. Usually, you have like three judges. Yeah. Wander around early in the silence, determine which of the costumes are the best, mm -hmm. and then narrow it down like to five, four or five, right? Then, as quick as you can, you'll set up the little baskets. Five dollars. For a raffle ticket, each raffle ticket Goes in constitutes that. a vote. You can buy as many as you want. And you can put it in, you know, the Gene Simmons guy, or you can oh, that's put, really on, good you can idea. put it in the I Howard Stern basket. Yeah. And then at the end of the silent close, before the live starts, those judges go and they count all the tickets. That's fantastic. And your I like that a lot. gets all the money, yeah. and then you bring the winners, all five of them, up onto the stage. Yeah. And then we determine who. Who the winners? Yeah. So and would you say at these '80s '80s themed parties? I mean, we're just going to stick on that since you both agreed to it. That there's probably a lot of libation happening that night. Would you agree that we're we're probably partying it up pretty good at these events? Would you say that? At all the ones I've been to, it has. It like has. every time I see an Especially. '80s event, yeah. But also, I find that like the schools that kind of get a little bit more inebriated are normally the ones that dress up more. Okay. You know what I mean. That being said, yeah. you've got inebriated people in the room. What do you do if you have somebody back out of the item that they bid on? Oh boy. And you know that they backed out of it because they didn't know that they were even bidding on it, possibly. How do you, as an auctioneer, handle that? Now, you've got ringmen in the room. Mm -hmm. You're going to send them over, and you're hoping that the ringmen are... You stuff know, moving in this room, guys. No, ghosts. I think we just caught a mouse or something oh. over there. I heard him say, Help me! Oh, <laughs> now there's a ghost mouse in there's here. It was mouse. a mouse, now it's a ghost oh. mouse. Don't so, you worry about it. So what would you what would you say to that? Well, I mean, how do you handle a, a person that backs out? I mean, I uh, I would re-rack like very quickly is, is normally what I would do. Now, I mean, different circumstances play out the way they do, right? Say re-rack. Say, say explain re-rack re -rack to re -resell. people that are watching Resell. This. Okay. Re Resell an item. Resell it. Um, you know, I, I, but that's kind of my personality too. You know, I'd roll up and somebody, sir, you bought it. $10,000. Congratulations. I didn't buy it. Oh, I had your bid at 10000 
No, you didn't. Okay, <laughs> I did. No, it. you did. It said well, it'd be more like that. Yeah. Okay, didn't I have you at nine thousand? Would you be okay honoring that bid with your backup bidder? And if not, like, okay, we're just gonna start over. But you have to be able to do it in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think we had something play out this weekend where that opportunity was not allotted because the item was sold, and then later it was it right. was said no, that person actually didn't buy it. So you can't fix it in the moment because it comes that information comes out later. Yeah. So I mean that wouldn't have helped that specific auctioneer this weekend, but at the at the end of the day, that's how I would try to ex execute that. What do you say? I totally agree. You absolutely have to not let it affect the overall mood of the evening. Mm -hmm. You have to not let it get under your skin as an auctioneer because, I mean, let's be honest, that's one of the worst things that can happen. Oh yeah, when definitely. $2,500, you're in, got it, who gives three? Nope, sold 2,500, circuit, I have your number. Mm -hmm. that, that really angers us because we understand and live the process. And if this person come to find out they're just there to fun, have fun, or just help run the bid up, yeah. then it's up to us to recognize that and just try to avoid that individual. And, but, and, I, and I think there's a couple things to un unpack there, right? Like one in the scenario we're specifically kind of dancing around, you're in a room that is very, very big. Like a lot of guests are there, so mm -hmm. it's hard to manage a group of that size. We're also dealing with a situation where the audio is not understandable to the guests. Right, which so, is a big challenge in a room of, of, well, very of much so. large numbers. But us as oh, auctioneers, oh, you know, 20 grand, or two grand all the way up to 10 grand, sold 10,000. Oh no, I was at three. Well, I was saying 10. I was saying 10. You you were in at 10 or nine or whatever yes. the number was. Like, that's what no. I was saying. We thought we were connected. Now there's a disconnect. And that's really, really frustrating. It yeah. really is. But I also have to say that there is some responsibility of the bidder in this circumstance. Mm -hmm. Like what we are seeing in some rooms is that these guests can sometimes be very inebriated to the point where there's, oh, I'm just helping. I'm just helping. And you're like sold $10,000. And they're like, no, I'm not helping anymore. I'm not helping anymore. And then you have to unwind the deal. Right. And that's a waste of not only the auctioneer's time, that bidder's time, but that entire room. And I think that's the third thing you have to consider on top of the sound and the size of the room is your timeline. Mm -hmm. When you're trying to get through a ton of material in a two hour period, you don't have the luxury of reselling items two and three times. You just don't. You don't. And you want to remain connected to the audience. Mm -hmm. You don't want to make anybody angry. Right. You know, I would love to say, bullsh! Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. We had you in the, you know. I had a situation where I was in a tough environment tough tough sound very very bad sound and there was uh, a lot of ancillary noises going on with food that's a cool word and people talking ancillary and i had an item boom sold it to my far right table all the table all the way as far right as could be mm -hmm. from where i was sold eighteen hundred dollars can you hold your bid card up bid spotter standing right there and he's going like this and i can see her going and he's gone, and I can see there's a conversation. So I gave it about four or five seconds, and then I said, oh, that's okay. We had a little bit of bitters remorse. Let's just start over. Yeah. Well, she came up to me later and said, I don't appreciate you saying I had bitters remorse. That Ooh. made me look bad in front of all my friends at the table. I mean... Ma'am, so you did I look bad. A <laughs> yeah. I, I can't help that. 
And it might have been partly because of my frustration because of all, of all the other things mm -hmm. that were happening. Because that's not something that I normally would say. I would say, all right, well, that's all right. Well, let's just start over. For some reason, I was like, mm -hmm. right? And it backfired. And I learned a valuable lesson there. Yeah. Don't ever do that again. Yeah. What do you do in that situation, though, where that backup? Because I've been in the situation. One of my earliest memories with Mark was when he threw me in. He threw me in the deep end. He didn't even give me those little water wings. He just flat tossed me in and said, And look at you now. You're swimming on your own. Let's see how she does. You're welcome. In the deep end. You are welcome. Hey, when you get a little water wing or something. No. And he Life had preserver? me with the bulldog. And oh, it was boy. like the second auction I had ever done. So this is 20 years ago. And um, uh, this person, I said, sold, and she stood up, and or Mark said, sold, and she stood up and said, this is not bleep bleep happening. And um, my eyes got like that. <laughs> so my question to lead that is, is that, so you're going to have situations where you've got couples that are, one's drunk and one isn't drunk. And I know these are kind of weird topics, but they're really the, topics that come up quite a bit you know what do you do to help your ringman or if you're on your own there you know you you try to educate people to be prepared for this if this has happened this is what you do mm -hmm. but if you have a scenario where you see one of the partners is loaded and the other isn't when do you say yes i'm willing to sell that do you need them to agree that they're both buying it do you want, you know, marriage is important. You want him to go home happy, but w how do you dance that dance? Because that's commonly the baseline of why somebody would back out of something. I'd be very apprehensive about what I, what I, what I would say. I would be Expand very- Expand on that. What I'd do you mean? I'd be very careful about what I would say. You wouldn't say, hey, I, the drunken table yeah, seven. If I, saw, <laughs> if I saw some sort of a, you know, an altercation between a husband and a wife, and I could see it from where I was, I I, I wouldn't even go there. Yeah. I think I would. I, Not I would, even accept that. I think I would say, I, I, I'm pretty sure. What if they're waving that card, though? What if they're waving that card? Really? I'm like, so in. I'm diving so right in. I'm that. diving right in the middle of it. Like, I really am. Let them figure it out tomorrow. No, well, kind of. I mean, it there's so many variables here. But, I mean, first things first, if you have a good ringman, go check them out. And then a couple items later, say, hi, how'd it go? And after you're out of the moment, maybe it fell into place. You're also going to have like the ED or the person that is your contact for the auction know the players better than you. So send that individual in to see what's going on. And if you need to resell it, so be it. But like in terms of my initial response, I get right in it. Like, yeah. oh, oh, what do you mean, ma'am, ma'am? He was buying this for you. It's for the family. Like, well, yeah. huh? You know, right. and just kind I of play it, it out. You sure. know, what sure. I would caution any auctioneer of doing is like playing on the sex roles within a marriage that used to be very hammed up back in the day. And I don't think that works in today's society. No, because, uh, because marriage happens within all kinds of groups. Right. Well, I mean, just like the, uh, there's some been some bad auctioneer jokes that we've seen over the last couple of years that really play into like man of the house, women of the house type, like fifties, Mm -hmm. rubber stamped roles and that is not today Can't so anytime you're leaning into that kind of humor i don't think it plays now i caution against it i don't i'm not game for it so <laughs> shots fired <laughs> oh, you're, laughing. you're laughing <laughs> i love i love your tactic 
and I can see where that would be useful in some of the experiences I've had. I yeah. guess I was kind of going down the road where I could see right. that this conversation was taking place and there was some clearly visible anger there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I saw that, I'm like, ooh, I'm not going over there. Yeah. Or drunkenness. That's that's but the if it's you drunkenness, know. If, so they're just like, you know, kind of going, hey, I need blah blah blah. That'd yeah. be perfect. And then you could run. I'm going to try that. Well, and, and if somebody comes in and goes, no, don't take that person's bid because they're drunk. Don't take his bid because he's drunk. I'd be like, sir, are you drunk? Okay, you are. Ma'am, do you support this decision? You don't. Okay, you're going to talk it over. I'm going to go focus over here for a second. I'll be back in three minutes. And then just kind of like let that let that out of the balloon. Okay, we That's figured it awesome. out over here. No, we haven't. All right. Okay, we're going to give you another 30 seconds. You know, just kind of like poke it, but don't, don't get too involved yeah. because you can embarrass people. And then at the end, always celebrate the family, right? Like, so if you like push that person in a situation like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have bid. Say, you know what? We couldn't have been able to raise the $5,000 without your help. So you did a lot to help the school tonight. Thank you. We appreciate you. We're going to celebrate. Are you sure? Yes. Boom. Like that's, that's how I would find my way out of that scenario. But there's so many factors and personalities are so different that it's hard to paint it one color. It is. That's awesome. It's yeah. very hard to paint it. It's one very color. difficult. To paint you know, because in my yeah. particular situation, you know, he was all... I could not tell he was drunk either, mm -hmm. you know. And when she stood up and said that, I thought I was going to die. I did not know what in the devil I just did to this poor guy up on the mic. And at the time, you know, we weren't married. So I was like, I don't know what's happening here. And I was with the bulldog, so that helped. He, you know, they kind of knew what was happening. And like, again, I was in school, but... So that kind of caveats into the next question. You know, you have, you never know who the guest is connected to. Correct. You never know who the guest is connected to. And then you worry if you, you know, didn't handle a situation completely properly. And it comes back to find out later that this person is the ED's sister. I'm going into one of those scenarios this weekend where last we last year in this room that I was at last year that I'm going back to this weekend, I had a donor that is a very, very generous contributor throughout the area I'm going to be in. He's going to be back in the room. And last year, I did not follow as he instructed, not knowing who he was, doing what I thought was best for the room. And now I'm going to be put back in the situation with that well, with I that person. This story. And it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be we're we're going to celebrate what he's doing for the schools. Is what we're going to do. You know, I've had the luxury of working with two clients in this area, and this individual does great things in multiple communities. And we're going to celebrate him and thank him publicly and do the best we can to get him on board with the cause. But the scenarios you're talking about, whether you, when you don't know who you're talking to is very true. Mm -hmm. So you try to keep it on the up and up and as positive as possible, but you're going to run into situations where that's not possible. Yeah. You think so too? Is this the lollipop story? This is the lollipop okay. story. We'll tell you what it is later. Yeah. This, is the story. this is the lollipop story. I don't care yeah. who you are. You made the right decision. I, well, yeah. well they, they brought me back. So yep, there you, you go. You're I, back in the room. I, didn't get fired, so you we'll, got see, an MC. We'll, see, we'll see what happens yeah, next year. You know what I mean? We'll see, we'll see what happens next You've year. You've got an MC that's kind of leading the night a little bit. You right. know, if you if you have an MC, that person is your lead for the night. And as far as moving the timeline along for everybody. So how do you educate your MC when you're in a backup, when you're in a situation like that? Yeah. Because, you, you know, you have more information at that given moment than that particular MC does. You also have history in this situation. I do. So how do you educate your MCs or do you educate your MCs on the crowd? If you're aware of the crowd and you know the crowd 
and there's been some past things with the crowd, is it your obligation as the partner that's working with them to educate that MC on the the night, the group, the evening, the stuff? Yeah, I or, think you do. You got to give them a heads up, him or her. Hey, look, this could get a little rowdy. This could be a little dicey. Yeah. And if it does, move on. Let's right. roll on. Let's, mm-hmm. I think that wouldn't, wouldn't you agree that that MC is new to this room? You know, I, I, yeah, I've been here before. This this could get a little dicey, yeah. but just roll with me. Okay? Yeah. We got this. Yeah. You, you know, there's so many different circumstances that could play out that it's, you know, there's two, there's two ways of thought here. And I think that, how do, how do I make a long story short? Okay. So we do reports at the end of every auction where we submit our thoughts, improvements, and also we have a section that's called candid feedback. So we just let it roll as the auctioneer in the situation. We say what we want to say. We have chosen as a group not to share that candid feedback with next year's auction. And the reason that we have chosen to do that next year's auctioneer, the reason we have chosen to do that is because I don't want to color your opinion on what played out last year, this year. Right. Does that make sense? That's a good point. So when you ask the question of, do you inform the MC of what played out last year? Yes, but. Mm -hmm. Don't give them all the details. Try to make them as comfortable as possible being the MC. But I don't know that you share all the information with them. Um, That's that's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's probably uh, the, there is no right answer. But that's, there is no right answer. There is no right answer. But what, that what is I will say, and good. kind of going back to your last point, you know, if you sell it to somebody and they back out, or it's a married couple and they were drunk and they didn't mean it, you know, your MC being able to dance after is important. It falls out is very important. Yeah. So, in other words, sold ten thousand dollars. He didn't bid on that. All right, Paul. What's our next item? Ma'am, are you guys okay? Can, can mm-hmm. is are, do I need to resell that package? Or you know. So you can play damage control, but in situations that I've had with MCs that are not professionals or not as seasoned, they'll just be like, okay, Shelby, what's up? What are you doing over there, Shelby? Yeah, and it's like, just keep talking. Yeah. Whatever you do, just keep talking. <laughs> Smoke and mirrors that way. Light them up. Set off a cannon. Whatever you got to do, do not look exactly. over here. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, in that scenario, you have to tell your, you should tell your MC, like, if I stop talking, just keep dancing. Yeah, so yeah, I, mean, I was going to point that on piggyback on your thought was it depended on the experience level of the master of Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Because yeah. yeah, if you're a newbie, you don't want to overwhelm them. They're already shaking in their oh, spades boots anyway. Gracious, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not throw too much at it. Right. Yeah. I'm going to leave you guys with one final question that's probably a little difficult to answer. But and uh, I kind of gave you a little heads up about it just because it is a difficult question to answer. You have an ED and a chair. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a lot in our podcast about the value of a chairperson, a quality chairperson, and what their um, position actually is. And, and it is to go out there and really get the money, you know, mm-hmm. get the sponsorships and things like that. If you really wanted to, your chair to be the ultimate chair, that's what that person does. Right. And then you've got the ED, which is the executive director that is the one that typically hires us and brings us in, right? Let's say that the ED and the chair are not connecting that night. We don't know history. We don't. We don't know what's gone on behind the scenes. We don't know what's going on. And we never do. And we never do. We never do, yeah. Um, But let's say it's an obvious disconnect (laughs) and it hampers us being able to go like for example that could very well hamper us saying oh my god that dinner sold for 12 grand go go around there go see if we could double that right so those kinds of things hamper our success in the room Mm -hmm. 
What do you do as an auctioneer when you're aware that the ED and the chairperson are not seeing eye to eye and one wants you to do something and the other doesn't? How do you handle that? Do you have a specific example or? No, I mean, uh, you know, we've all lived it. Yeah. We've all lived I, yeah. it in, in big scenarios and in little scenarios, so you know? I, I think individuals that are auctioneers or presenters in these events, the ones that have stuck around and continue to like keep doing it, they are a special kind of chameleon, if you will. Like you got to really be able to take in all the factors that are playing out in front of you and react accordingly. In this scenario, when you have an ED and a development Directors, a chair, chair, chair. It could be a that, development director and a chair. Yeah, you have leader. You have fractured leadership. Fractured is leadership is essentially what what you're going with. I, it's always my goal to like figure out what each one of their motives are. Like, what is your north star? Well, I was gonna do a wine poll, and I think it should work. Oh, well, I think it's not gonna work. Okay, well, let's offer it, advertise it the best we can, and adjust accordingly. Right. I think that us as presenters in these rooms and for these events, we have to keep in mind that we are there to raise the most money for the organization that we can. Yeah. And there are some people that get so caught up in stuff that doesn't matter that you really have to roll with the roll with that idea even though if you think it's not the best idea, but ultimately you got to bring it back to the organization because these people that walked in are not just like there because the ED told them to be there. Right. They're there to help. So if you can get the ED or that individual to kind of park their ego, I think you're in a much better position. Yeah. It's good words. That's a hard it question. Really it's a hard not, question, it? yeah. but it's more to... common than not. <coughs> it is. I think it you is. have to take into consideration the personalities that you're dealing with. Definitely. My experience, well I've been in this situation before, and you can see one is clearly a, a dominant type of personality and the other is not. But... If I could put it into a context that I lived, it was it was a, a decision had to be made quickly, mm -hmm. and these two individuals couldn't come to an agreement, but we still had to go on with the show. So I just thought about it, and I made the best. I I made a choice based on my professional experience, mm -hmm. and I was able to look them both in the eye and say those very words, whether it ended up being right or wrong in right. the end, I had to make a decision on the fly based on my professional experience and that is why I did what I did and I will stand behind that. You two figure the rest of it. Yeah, out. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean that that and more often than not it is an ego well. thing. It a yeah. little bit or control. Not an ego, a control thing. Control. You know, control thing. I would describe the people that work within our group as very eager to please. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very true. Like we want to make everybody happy, we want to make sure people have a good experience. But at the end of the day, when you're put in that situation where you gotta make a decision, we're gonna trust our gut. Yeah. And, and I am realizing, especially coming off of the pandemic, that my style and my personality isn't for everybody. And that is okay. Like, that is completely okay. Right, because my it new, is for most. It, I just it, have to tell you, it Shelby, was. It is, yeah. I mean, it, it was for me. Like, it kept me going for years and years. And, like, today, I'm less about doing every auction I can. And I'm more about finding the right fit in terms of my customer base. That's great. And that allows me to do what I do better mm -hmm. when I'm not looking over my shoulder and trying to figure out, is this what they want? Am I doing this right? You know, you got to follow your gut to some extent and you're going to be put in situations where you can't win. That is this business. Like that is this business. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you can't That's win. That's a wise everybody. approach, man. Yeah. I, I really admire you for that because you're right. Do less, 
better than doing more and not do them as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, because you're raising money for organizations. And if you're clicking with them, you're going to raise more money. Mm -hmm. And the end goal is that. I think something else from my perspective for the ED and because Ringman do have to deal with that too, you know. Right. We're not the lead. That's for sure. You guys are. But if we know that that's happening, we're going to be the one that gets pulled quite a bit, right? right? To take something to the auctioneer. Because mm -hmm. chances are your auctioneer said, keep them away from me. I'm doing my job, right? right. And, and you want to raise all the money that you can. But I think it's important to also remember that a chair is, is not hired and ED is. And, and, you know, that's a difficult juggle, I think, for us at times because, you know, one is staff and one is community yeah but though they're both community but because of those dynamics you'll often see the ed cater to the, the chair. chair yeah 95 percent of the time yeah agreed. like very very rarely do you see a chair and an ed go heads up because that ed is going to do whatever that chair says because yeah. that chair is paying for that ed to have yeah. the job they have i'm just telling you it does happen more of that story later I'm sure. okay okay last question real quick yes good Here job is I, a professional wait. bid spot uh -huh. right you're in a room of three or 400 people. You are stretched pretty thin, right? But you're, you're hanging on, you're doing good. Auctioneer sells it to the bidder that you, that you have sold $5,000. You go over there, sir, can I have your bid number? He or she says, oh, I didn't bid. Okay, all right. You unwind it, auctioneer sells it, okay. 10, 12 items later, it happens a second time to the same guy, auctioneer says sold, 6,500, Kelly, you're bitter, and you go up and, and the guy says, or gal says the same thing, oh, I didn't bid. What would you say to that person right at that moment? What would I say to that person? I would say, I am asking you to honor your bid that you held up. And I typically, because I've had that happen, I will at that point say it loud enough for the table to hear them. Because that you have oh, to rely right. on peer pressure at that point. You have to, and more times than not, those people sitting at the table have said to me or to them, Oh, Bill, you did bid on that. And so I will ask them to honor their bid. Right. But if it's a bidder that I recognized that already backed out of one, I'm always keeping in the back of my mind who my last bidder was so that I can go to my backup bidder and, and still save that grace. But I never used to do this, but now I do. I say it loud enough for the entire table to hear, to create that peer pressure, peer pressure That's a great idea. for them to admit that they did in fact do the bidding. Cause I'm not going to go to a table and, and I'm not going to just pull it out of my butt and say, you bid on that, sir. No, I didn't. Yeah. Well, yeah, you did. I'm not going to get into a pissing contest either with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the reason this becomes such an interesting topic when you're talking about fundraising galas specifically or fundraising auctions is that you have unprofessional bidders. You don't have people that are professionally bidding the right. product. You know, we come from a world where we are They're selling wholesale product to wholesale dealers at times. And in those scenarios, if you get a bid backed out on, once, twice, three times, that person is not allowed to come back to the facility. And because you don't have these bidders trained, there are people that are out there just having a good time, yeah. just helping. This and is I think, fun. Yeah, and I think that the challenge is you have that set amount of time to establish the ground rules, and then you hope that you don't have to correct the heckler 
for lack of a better description in it the is moment. A heckler. But it is a heckler, right? I mean, it is a heckler. And you mm -hmm. see stand-up comedians like roast people from time to time. Mm -hmm. And same dynamics are at play here. Hey, you're ruining the show for everybody. You're learning, you're ruining the fundraising for everybody. This problem needs to be corrected. This is the second time that it has happened. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That is a very graceful way and very effective way to guilt somebody into you have to a bit. Get there, you rather have to, than engaging yep. and say, yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. That's right. a much better tactic, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. For sure. Say it loud enough to all their friends. You can hear it. Oh, I thought oh. you did. Oh. 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 Well, and if you it. say that you're asking them to honor a, a, their bid. Another <laughs> another tactic that I've used in the past is, is uh, you bid. No, I didn't. Oh, I saw I took your bid. Was it a ten thousand? Oh no, it was at eight thousand. Oh, okay, auctioneer, I have eight thousand. Right? I've used that before because it mm -hmm. gives them the opportunity to say, "Oh no, I wasn't at 10. and they'll it, back them if, up. They, if they Get, think they if they think they've been caught, they'll grab a lower price point to admit, "Okay, yes, I did bid. It's just a different number." And then that way you can put the train back on the track sometimes. Yeah, and I've actually had instances where I've been able to say, well, when did you stop bidding? At what level did you stop yeah, bidding? And and I would ask yeah. them and they would say, well, I stopped bidding at 2500 Okay, well, would you pay 2500 for that? Just like Shelby just said, you're, you're trying to hold the item together. Whatever In it any takes. way you can. I'm, you know, you're, I'm hooked up, I'm good. Right. Just go to eight. Because yeah, I'll good. be honest well, with you, well, it even will. Even then, like, so say you sold at 10. No, I was at eight. Oh, okay, you were at eight. Gotcha. I took your bid at 10. Other bidder, would you like to give nine? And then you can actually, like, salvage the deal. Right. Because sure. whoever your other bidder is, you can still play with that a little sure. bit. Yeah. As well as, you know, it's super important for a ringman, in my opinion, to uh, something like that will throw you guys off. You can be rolling. Rolling, you got a good groove, you got your crowd, you're in a rhythm, you're moving, you, we got, we're clicking, you know, where you can just feel it. And then something like that will happen and it'll throw you guys off. You don't want your auctioneer to be thrown off because it is important. It takes them, you know what, we do a practice auction at the beginning of ours, but it takes an auctioneer two items to get into that right. rhythm and the groove and they feel their audience and they feel the crowd. And, we're doing it and okay, we got some giving happening, blah, blah, blah. So it's important, I think, as a ringman to also be able to keep your auctioneer in the saddle, comfortable, in a good stride. Yeah. That's how I keep that momentum going. Keep that momentum going. Yeah. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. stuff. Good, cut. good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Yay! We're gonna tap. We're gonna pat ourselves in the back for that one, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I'm liking this new format. It seems much too. more organic and less scripted, which I greatly enjoy. So if you have it any feedback, it is not scripted at all. You let us know. Just ask them these questions. Never mind the sharpie, though. No. Just never mind the sharpie. Yeah. Why did I use a sharpie? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, that's why it's too permanent for me. Um, yeah. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you being here each and every week. We have a video version on YouTube. We're on the Facebooks. Come check us out on the socials. Appreciate you being with us today and in the weeks following. I'm Shelby Stokes. We're signing off. All right. Later, gang. Be good to yourself. Yeah. Go out there. Be courageous, guys. And you got this. And go do good. Bye. Bye. Oh. Cheers! That's the thumbnail. Cheers. <laughs>